Hey, sweetheart, are you ready to record? Yeah. Gosh, it's a really big one this week. Inferno? I hope we can do it justice. Oh, come on. We're us. We're going to crush. I have found you, Inferno Ruler. I demand a challenge. Oh, gosh. What in the heck is going on? Who are you? Why is there a fiery circle in our closet? Why do you look like a pterodactyl? Silence, tiny mortal. My quarrel is not with you, but your mate. Challenge me, Twilight Rose. Twilight? What the heck? Okay, I can explain. Wait, you know this guy? Quell your tongue, Dancier. I'll meet your challenge momentarily. Okay, honey, I I have to confess. I'm the queen of limbo. And that's why a massive demon creature is in our house calling you Twilight Rose? Uh, yeah, that's my monarch name. You're- okay, fine. How did you get to be the queen of limbo? Well, I, um, defeated the previous ruler in single combat. When the heck did this happen? Well, remember that time I went to Vegas for a bachelorette party? Well, it got pretty out of control and I defeated a cadre of demons and gained right of conquer over them. I'm having a hard time with this one. Well, anyway, Dancier here is one of my insolent vassals and has frankly been a threat to my rule for too long. I need to utterly destroy him. Destroy in our house? It'll just take a second. My wife, the Queen of Limbo? Now, Dancier, I hope you're ready to be humiliated. At the end of this, you will bow before your queen. An absentee weak ruler is no ruler at all. I will become lord of limbo this night. Oh my gosh, are they gonna fight? Wait, what? Oh my gosh, are those demons holding a pole? Horizontally? Face my wrath, false queen. None can go lower than I. Wait, limbo. This is a limbo competition? Yeah, sweetheart, I'm the queen of limbo. Did you think it was a place or something? What in the heck? Wow, that that demon is going pretty low. <laughs> Don't worry. Match that twilight rose. You got this, honey. You... Oh my god, she's nearly bent over backwards. This is like Neo from the Matrix levels of limbo. All right, you pathetic demon swine. Beat that. Uh... Uh, of of course. Oh, he's got it. He's no. I banish thee from the mortal plane. Bow before your ruler. Your low isn't nearly low enough. A thousand pardons, my queen. My low will never be low enough. Never forget it. Away with thee. Uh. Let's just forget about it. Yeah, that's never gonna happen, but I guess we could pivot to talking about comics? Yes! I'm Christina Edelman. And I'm Chris Edelman. And this is Chris's On Infinite Earths. The podcast where nothing will ever be the same. Welcome, readers, to the first part of our Inferno coverage. That's right. We're going to be covering that seminal, classic X-Men crossover. And with this episode, we are going to be talking about specifically the New Mutants section of 
Inferno with some bonus content. Bonus? A bonus of the Exterminators. Yes, we're not going to be summarizing Exterminators, but we did read it and we're going to talk about it a little bit because it's the most adjacent to New Mutants. Mm-hmm. Chris has very deliberately divided and chunked up Inferno into what will be three episodes. Yes, this is the most standalone. The other two will be sequential. All right. Mm-hmm. I I mean, I'm, I'm excited for it. Yeah. You know what I'm pretty excited for, Christy, is this very spacious uh, new recording space we have. Yeah, it turns out when you can't leave your house, you start doing a lot of home improvement projects and getting rid of things and clearing things out of out of your closet so you have a really spacious place to record the podcast. Yeah, we're still recording in our in our walk-in closet, which is what we were doing before, but there's just so much more room. Yeah, like we can both manspread. Yeah, before the, it was not really possible for anybody, I feel like. I you still tried. <laughs> <laughs> I never do it on public transportation. I'm a, I'm a good passenger. Mm-hmm. I just want to let with all know. that public transportation we take here in the in the middle of Missouri. Hey, when I went to when I went to grad school, I would take the bus from the Walmart in Independence all all, all the way down to Troost in Kansas City. It was like a forty five minute each way bus trip, and I did it every day. I know you did. Yep. And then if I miss if I missed it, oh boy, <laughs> <laughs> missing the bus was like the worst because those buses like. You know, like in Chicago, buses come like every couple minutes. Uh-huh. In fact, when you and I were in Chicago, sometimes buses would be like stacked on top of each other practically. Right. I mean, but, they were sometimes buses on different lines, but. Yes. Right. And they're huge. They like turn in the middle. They've got like a little little wedge. Yeah, yeah. In Kansas City, they're normal sized and they come like every 30 minutes. <laughs> it's not great. Hence, hence, my, hence my comment about public transportation it's just it's not as readily available you know here. big ups to kansas city though it's free now it is Completely it is free and it comes use. out here to independence and mm-hmm. you know interchanges with the independence public transportation which i don't know if that's free i don't i'm not positive either right. I, i've never used it but i know apparently the city just said oh we can rearrange things in the bu- budget and make uh the public transportation that we have the streetcar thing mm-hmm. what a waste I have thoughts on that streetcar. People love it, though, so, you know, whatever. The streetcar and the buses are now completely free, including the max buses, which are, like, the really fast, mm. stops only four times buses. Cool hybrids. Well, speaking of some wild public transportation. <laughs> That's a good segue. <laughs> we're not actually summarizing the part of this, uh, the part of this that we read that had wild public transportation, but it, it's still a good time to pivot. Into that summary. I just want to talk about buses. And comics. Summary. (laughs) New Mutants number 71 through 73. Written by Louise Simonson. Penciled by Brett Blevins. Inked by Al Williamson and Mike Manley. Colored by Glennis Oliver. Lettered by Joe Rosen. Edited by Bob Harris, Daryl Edelman, and Mark Grunewald. Number 71. The new mutants arrive in Limbo, the hell dimension ruled over by Ilyana Rasputin, before being attacked by the demon Sim and his techno-organic demons. Sim became infected with the transmode virus from Warlock's father, Magus, in the past. It's a whole thing. 
In the fray, Ilyana chops Sim into bits with her soul sword, but he is immune due to his techno-organic self. He snatches the soul sword, which shouldn't be possible. However, the darkness of Limbo has corrupted Ilyana and thus her sword. The new mutants flee using one of Ilyana's stepping discs, but Sim now has the sword and the ability to block them from going back to Earth. Another demon lord, Nastir, checks in with Sim and admonishes him for nearly killing Ilyana. Nastir specifically wants Ilyana, while Sim just craves power. In Manhattan, the city is starting to turn odd and demonic, and Magneto and the Hellfire Club look on in horror, trying to fend off the assault. While escaping from demons in Limbo, Ilyana explains her horrible childhood in Limbo with her versions of Kitty Pride, Nightcrawler, Colossus, and Storm dying, along with explanations that Ilyana has had to kill in the past. Her friends are pretty horrified by this, understandably. They then travel to Limbo's past and see a time where Sim physically assaults the small Ilyana, only to be stopped by a past version of Nastier. Said past version summons Ilyana and the New Mutants and explains how he went to the past to learn all of the former Demon Lord Belasco's spells. He explains that he deeply loves Ilyana and wants her to embrace her dark destiny and use her corrupted soul sword to defeat Sim. Her friends are not very cool with this, but it's too late. Ilyana confronts Sim via stepping disc, absolutely creaming him and transforming into an even more demonic being. Ilyana breaks through Sim's block and opens a stepping disc to Earth. However, demons pour forth and the disc is being held open by the powers of Nastir. Poor Ilyana was tricked. Number 72. Nastier and Sim clash in Manhattan with Nastier and his demons taunting Ilyana about her true nature. Ilyana is teleported away by Nastier and her poor friends have to fend off the demons in the city. Ilyana keeps being teleported to different places, like a demonic diner, where the transformed inhabitants try to taunt her into using her soul sword. The New Mutants team up with the Exterminators, another teen team, who are trying to stop Nastier from using a pentagram circle of babies to keep the portal to Limbo open. They agree to team up with the Exterminators going to rescue their teammate Taki, who is being forced to... type like on a keyboard, spells for Nastir. Well, anyway, the New Mutants are going to go get some babies. The New Mutants whip up on some demons in the sky, disrupting the pentagram and saving the babies. Good job, kids. Meanwhile, Ilyana is finally goaded into using her soul sword on a demonic chair. Nastir and Sim battle, and Nastir becomes infected with the transmode virus. He arrives after Ilyana destroys the chair and tells her she has thus chosen to join him. He demands that she give him the sword, but she manifests some cool chrome armor and cuts him up, causing him to retreat with a sneer. As she crumples in a heap, calling herself a monster, Sim awaits in the background with yet another sneer. So many sneers. Number 73. Ilyana clashes with Sim, who still really wants her soul sword and who is also basically indestructible from having the transmode virus. Ilyana knows that Nastier wants her to kill Sim and taunts him with this knowledge. Skids and Rusty from the Exterminators and Danny Moonstar rest at a church while the others venture out aboard a cool airplane and also aboard a superhero-esque warlock who smashes through the demonic landscape around them. Colossus wanders the city looking for his sister and beating up any demons that get in the way. The Hellfire Club battles the New York City demons before Nastir arrives to try to make a you-can-rule-the-world-with-me deal with Magneto. The new mutants happen to fly by at this happening and are pretty mad at Magneto. 
Sim's demons interrupt the fight between him and Ilyana by bringing the unconscious body of Colossus. She is understandably pretty mad, also because she thought he was dead from a previous storyline. Don't worry about it. The New Mutants attempt to rescue Ilyana, but Colossus awakens and smashes into Sim, only for the demon to reveal that his sister is the Dark Child. Ilyana, ashamed, stepping discs away with the New Mutants. They arrive in Limbo, where Ilyana laments that shirking her responsibilities in ruling Limbo led to this, and declares that this is where she belongs. Sim taunts Colossus about being a bad brother as they tussle. At the church, Skids, Rusty, and Danny battle the hordes, and Danny can only see death with her Valkyrie-given powers. Darkchild runs away, declaring that she'll give in to the darkness. Her friends follow, trying to convince her otherwise. Wolfsbane laments how they didn't save the tiny Ilyana when they happened to see her in a stepping disc. They fall through only to see the older Dark Child. Dark Child strikes her younger self, blaming herself for not dying along with everyone else. She says she should kill the younger Ilyana for what she's made her become, but her friends remind her that that choice is a choice of limbo. Ilyana decides she'll remove the choice altogether and throws away her sword, opening a massive stepping disc that sucks all the demons, including Sim, out of Manhattan. In the confusion, the child Ilyana disappears. Danny no longer sees the death skulls and runs to her friends, where Rain holds the crushed armor of Dark Child. Colossus mourns his sister, but then hears a small voice inside the armor. He rips it open to find the tiny child Ilyana. Her older self saved her to prevent the Dark Child from ever coming into being. As the new mutants are both happy and sad that young Ilyana is safe with their teenaged friend gone, Nastir looks on, pleased that he has other plans that may succeed. See our next couple episodes. Oh man, this was wild. Yeah, um, this is a culmination of lots of stories. This is like one of those crossovers where like our format is not kind. Okay. It was like, you know how uh, when we read War of the Gods, we're like, this is incomprehensible. And people are like, no, it's, yeah, but it's like better if you would have read all 50 issues of Wonder Woman. And we're like, <laughs> okay. Right, right. I I feel like I have the basics down, though. Yeah, but it, it does just kind of like start, like, boom, they're in there. They were in space right before this, and then they're just suddenly like, we got to go to limbo, there's trouble. But like the whole like... Sim being infected with a trans mode virus that had happened like, like tens of issues before this. Okay, it was really leading up to this. I mean, I I know what the trans mode virus is, so just hearing he's infected with the trans mode virus. Okay, right. For those of you who don't know, the trans mode virus is also I, I've heard it called the techno organic virus. It's mm-hmm. the one that Cable has. Mm-hmm. It's the it's what Warlock kind of makes happen whether mm-hmm. he wants to or well i think he can control it but it's from the technarchy which is there's some space people mm-hmm. but it's it this is like so claremont like really it, it, uh, claremont is not the writer of this but these are very like this period of time where like these really long form stories were finally coming kind of coming to fruition like the in the the next couple of episodes the other ones are also like these really long like this will this will happen slowly sort of thing mm-hmm. where it's like when you came into comics that was really not a thing it was like all like all the things you read were like this is a 12 issue series done whereas like this is like some like a pinnacle of well pinnacle 
if you want to call it that. It is really emblematic of like this incredibly like long form storytelling that I feel like used to be more common. It is maybe starting to come back into vogue, but for a while they were just trying to like constantly do these these refreshes and redos and not letting these things percolate. Huh. Like you say you say that and I didn't feel out of my depth with this. And I don't know if that's just due to like my growing familiarity with X content or like the fact that I don't know, we've read more things around this period. I don't think it's confusing. But, it's just it's re- it's rewarding longtime readers. Okay. Which Sometimes I read something and I think, wow, this is for somebody who's a really big fan of this and has been following along the whole time. And I I don't know that I felt left out. Right. I mean, I think the one thing it doesn't explain well for people who haven't read is Ileana's childhood. And it does a little bit, but you don't get all the gut punches that 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 the original miniseries gives you. There's a a miniseries just called Magic that was like four issues. Mm -hmm. I do recommend that if people are going to read Inferno... And not read all of the stuff leading up to it. You should probably at least read the magic stuff and probably some of the, like the early New Mutant stuff just to be familiar with the characters. Oh, you're recommending that to people? Did you recommend that to your wife before we started this? Uh, I knew you were short on time and did not recommend giving you more than you needed. Readers, my husband knows me. <laughs> There's still lots of other tie-ins that you can read before the next two issues issue, or episodes come out if you'd like. We could read about Daredevil fighting off a demonic vacuum cleaner. There's lots of demonic objects in this. It's like a really weird Beauty and the Beast thing going on, except this is like pre-Beauty and the Beast. I mean, this is pre-the the 1992 movie right, Beauty and the Beast. Right, But like, I feel like the 1992 movie of Beauty and the Beast really introduced that, like, cartoony, like, we're talking furniture. Right. I mean, the story always had, like, talking furniture, I'm fairly certain. I don't know. I'm trying to remember reading Briar Rose, and... We should watch the 30s Beauty and the Beast movie that is part of the collection. Oh. Oh. So, I'm... What I'm just wondering, like, did Disney steal from Wheezy? Possibly. And now Disney has (laughs) bought this. (laughs) Maybe. There's, like... Well, I mean, this isn't, this is a, this is going to be in the other ones too, like mm-hmm. New York turning into like this weird demonic thing. This one though, like Brett Blevins has a really cartoony style mm-hmm. and John Bogdanov, who draws the exterminators crossover or exterminators mini that kind of slots into this. They're, they're both by, by Louise Simonson. Mm-hmm. Yes. 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 Um, so they're, they're very tightly plotted mm-hmm. together. So who is the architect of this event? I would it was- say Claremont. Okay. But Louise Simonson was an editor for a long time. Claremont's editor for a long Mm -hmm. time before she became a writer. Okay. So you could probably call it a co-production. Okay. But this is- So it's interesting opening off with Wheezy's portion of this. And like in my head, I'm now, I'm like, oh, this is is her inferno. (laughs) Well, if we wanted to read it fully in order, there like a lot is interspersed. I just thought this was the most compartmentalized. Right, right. I mean, there was definitely some of the editor's notes for like reading. See Uncanny or X Factor. The Uncanny and X Factor ones are going to be a kind of one after another situation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But to be fair- X Factor was also written by Louise Simonson. So maybe you should, maybe this is more the Louise Simonson thing. Mm-hmm. Uncanny X-Men was written by Claremont. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which I think it was coming out quite a bit at this time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe not. But. And I have read some of the early X Factor. So I don't know how far into X Factor this is. 
Um, pretty, pretty decently far because like the X Factor, that's like all the X Factor kids are present and you, you maybe would have seen like Rusty and Skids like tops. Uh, I mean, there was also Archie. Artie and Leech, true. Yeah, I said Archie. Artie. Artie and Leech, um, originated before X Factor. I think they were just kind of, they were kind of, uh, grandfathered in. Yes. Yes. Well, no, Artie was introduced in X Factor. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. I thought that he was in, he was a Morlock first. No, no, he was the son of like a bad guy that X Factor like. Very nicely mm-hmm. done. That was my bad. Mm-hmm. Okay, well then, Le- then Leech was. A I need rears. This is like my chest is so puffed up right now. I knew a thing. I knew a thing, and Chris didn't know it. I haven't read early X Factor. Someone told you to read it, and you were like, "I will read it." And you- well, it was because I wanted to read some uh, X Men content that was written by women. Yeah. And it's, it's tough to like say, recommend the new mutants, Louise Simonson, because it's like after like 50 issues of mm-hmm. not Louise Simonson. Right. Well, the first couple issues of X Factor, or the first few issues of X Factor weren't Louise Simonson. No, but. I, I don't remember. I didn't like them as much. And then when she took over, it was better. Yeah. I think that's fair. She inherits a bit of a mess, but she, she, she does her best with what mm-hmm. she's got. Mm-hmm. Or Bob Harris, who did, I could be wrong. Anyway, back to Inferno. Mm hmm. It's this, it's this whole payoff of that Ileana just so happened to be with the X Men in an issue where they get pulled into limbo, and time works weird there, and other things work weird there. Mm-hmm. They all they all return, and mm-hmm. then she poofs back suddenly seven years older. Right, and I feel like I, I, I knew this about her, even though I haven't read. Like this is my first read of Inferno. Like, yeah, I mean, it's a very, it's like. That's that's like her superhero origin story, right? Right. But what's weird is there were also versions of those same X Men that were also in Limbo. Oh, but like she got to see them like corrupted or killed like one by one in this mini. It is a dark mini series, the magic mini series, because the entire time Belasco is trying to like corrupt her, Mm -hmm. and like this version of Storm is trying to like help her, Mm. and like learns magic and stuff. That sounds fun. It's it's an interesting mini, and it's like it's super creative. Mm-hmm. It's just it's interesting that like X Men like did every genre. Like there's magic in X Men and space stuff and mm-hmm. like superhero stuff, and it's it is just like you can kind of see why it was popular. It just kind of had a, a it could do whatever of, it wanted. Yeah, and it had that long form storytelling where like I, I I made jokes for a while that like. I don't. I didn't know why comic book fans ever made fun of soap operas, like, t- oh. like television soaps, because yeah. they're reading them. Absolutely. And this is like this is like the soapiest mm-hmm. of all of, of of all the comics. Getting all the suds. Mm-hmm. Right now we're just bathing, just taking a bubble bath and some X Men. Mm-hmm. But this is this was the culmination of that because she like defeated Belasco, became ruler of Limbo, but like didn't hang out there because she was a teen girl and wanted to hang out with her friends and the New Mutants. But she like was like really having trouble with like her, this dark nature that was cultivated. Mm -hmm. So part of my problem with reading some of the older X-Men stuff is always placing it within the timeline of other things that I've read. Mm -hmm. This is, is this pre or post demon bear? Post demon bear. Post demon bear. Yep. All right. Demon bear is, is fairly early X or new mutants. It would have been Mm -hmm. like in the teens. This was in the seventies. Cause uh, uh, Amara's 
Gossamer now? I don't feel like that. No, Amara is not Gossamer. Gossamer is a completely different different individual. Amara's back in, in Brazil, just hanging out. Oh, I feel like I thought I saw somebody say Amara at some point, and I was like, oh, that yeah. was... Well, I, I they were... When Magneto was maybe making a deal with Nastier, he uh-huh. mentioned, like, something about the Nova Roma, which is where Amara's from, which... Oh! Nova Roma is a... Roman, an ancient Roman village that was constructed <laughs> in the Amazon by a group of ancient Romans who decided to go to Brazil by crossing the ocean and they never got, they never got, they never like changed. They were just Roman. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's just, okay. So I don't know anything about Gossamer then. Gossamer is a space alien. Oh, that's right. She does say that she's an, a- see, I was getting, but like, I feel like, like really similar niche is filled there oh you mean like female character who never talks yeah and it seems like she's sometimes kind of all over um roberto roberto yeah, yeah. berto's pretty into gossamer i mean berto was also into amara so yeah, berto's just he's just he just likes 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 those girls likes the girls that don't talk <laughs> i like gossamer's fun hair i mean she was really cool to see like on every page but she didn't really do anything no i mean she was also Especially the art in New Mutants, the young girls were more sexualized than I wanted them to be. I think that is a completely fair critique of Brett Blevins. I think the cartoony demon stuff, cool. Mm-hmm. The teen girls, maybe we, not. We've said it before on this podcast, stop making the teens sexy. There's like a lot of like bent over butt shots and yeah, it's not good. I don't know. And a lot of like... Everybody like had a the they hips hip popped yeah. or like super accented lordosis in like right every every page. It's weird because like on the one hand, I do think that like superhero poses should be dynamic, but it shouldn't be that all of the women are like dynamic and especially like the teen, the young teen girls are like dynamic in a let's let's pop a butt out or something. Like there's other you know you can do other cool things. Danny could be having her bow and arrow. Like come on, you can make the ladies look strong instead of like live and whatever they, they could just be like doing fists up and dick taking like a martial arts stance it's not ridiculous instead they of- could even be doing like a cool like hand up thing i don't know readers you're really missing out on podcasts not <laughs> <The> being <poses. laughs> Chris is striking some poses in our spacious closet so spacious <laughs> But no, I think that is a fair critique of, of Brent Levins. I, I would not argue. I was like, I, I like noticed it. I was mm-hmm. like, this panel's like a real butt shot on Ileana here. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I enjoyed, I know it's not the focus of this episode. It was just supposed to be supplemental, but I think I enjoyed Exterminators more than I did some of this New Mutants stuff. I, so I think that Bogdano, John Bogdano, who draws Exterminators, I think he just makes fun comics. Mm-hmm. I think he he does these he he does cool layouts. I think he does these really expressive faces. Mm-hmm. It's funny because both of these artists are kind of cartoony. I just think I prefer the Bogdanov school of of cartooniness. Mm-hmm. I think he draws kids really well. Artie and Leech look like little kids, even though they're like yeah. weird little alien kids. You know, or they like. You know, they got, they don't look, they don't look like normal, normal people. One of them's Mm -hmm. green and one of them's pink. Um, but like, they look like little kids and all like, like Boom Boom looks super cool. So cool. (laughs) Right. Like, 
I mean, Rusty doesn't look that cool, but that's right. that's because Rusty's just really boring. I mean, looking at two sets of issues by the same writer that came out at the same time and having a clear preference for one over the other tells me, hey, art's important. Right. <laughs> right. Not to mention Exterminators is like a little bit more free of baggage. Right. We don't start out in limbo with all these weird cuts and stepping discs and like demons and for like it you really walk right into a mess in the new mutants staff right and it's nice that they explained it to those of us that don't remember but it does take up a, a decent chunk of issue mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but like exterminators has like some just favorite fun characters i love Artie and leech i will always love them they're perfect little children mm-hmm I like Taki is a character that's introduced in this mini and he undergoes this like tremendous growth. Oh yeah. Over four issues. And then was like not seen for, for a long time. He is finally in like a main book in like a recurring role in like starting in 2020 in the, in the, the book by um, Al Ewing and Valerio Shidi mm-hmm. sword. He is working for them. Uh, it's so cool to have a mutant in who, who needs to use a wheelchair. Yeah. And it like not being like, like, so, like it is, it is not remarked upon other than the fact that I, I think he's he, like, I need a wheelchair. I need a wheelchair. Right. I need my chair. Right. But he, his power is so, is like so neat with like, with being disabled. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, I can turn my wheelchair into like a rocket car with like laser guns <laughs> and it's like fighting off these demons that right. are trying to take right. his friends. I mean, he's all, I like, I think Taki is a cool character and I think a lot of people do in that he's kind of a jerk at first. Oh, definitely a jerk at first, but he comes to like, really like the, those, those, his friends and like tries to go and save them. Yeah, he overcomes some prejudices in like a, a way that rusty. I don't feel like, really did like rusty was like oh my gosh i'm a mutant like oh no whereas he's like as, as talky was like man i don't know about those mutants oh wait i'm a mutant this is pretty cool all yeah. right i don't like rusty yeah. he's like tapioca pudding uh, i don't love skids but skids is more interesting than rusty <laughs> And then we've got they we've got t- Richter in here, and Richter's an X Factor kid originally, and a friend friend of the show Charlie uh, would probably I, I I'm not actually sure how he would react, but like I I haven't really read many things with Richter in it, so it was oh, kind I, of exciting to see early Richter. Yeah, I think this is a good Richter. Richter's kind of a punk in like a fun way, but it reframes Richter as somebody young in my mind, which I don't think he is Richter now Richter is one of the older X-Factor kids so he'd be roughly like all the X-Force kids kids age or maybe a slightly older so he should be like Cannonball's age okay maybe maybe even slightly older some of those X like Rusty was in the army before he he got grabbed Mm -hmm. by X-Factor or in the navy or something I don't know right yeah he was right so he was at least like like a like 18 or older right Whereas the New Mutants, I don't think any of them were really that old at this point. Mm-hmm. They're they're all still like school aged. Yeah, I mean they they the extremist kids were like at Exeter, right? <laughs> you know, other than like Artie and Leech and Taki, who are and Ar- Artie and Leech got to go to school and learn things. I like when they tried to like the, the they were they were 
dropped off with the with the two women who worked at the school and they were kind of being like led to separate areas and Artie did this like like a brain mm-hmm. like he does his, his talking brain pictures mm-hmm. which was like absolutely not and they're like all right uh we will not ever separate Artie and Leech they are they are pals till the end mm-hmm. and then that sweet sweet page of um like in two separate beds and like the slow like i'm gonna move to the same bed i don't remember if it was Artie or leech who moved so cute and then you know the snoring and then Artie's projection of like a saw for like sawing logs <laughs> it was so cute that's like bogdanov does a great Artie because he does the like the goofy mm-hmm. yeah he's so good at it so yeah i'm with you i think exterminators was fun I guess to quickly summarize the plot, the Nastier is kidnapping demons to make a pentagram summoning circle to... Kidnapping babies. Babies, sorry. Demons are kidnapping babies. Demons are kidnapping babies (laughs) to make a a pentagram to keep this whole, like, demons into limbo thing going. Mm -hmm. But the demons are... are Really bad at figuring out what babies are. And And they're, like, bald with powers. Artie and Leech. So they kidnap Artie and Leech, and Taki <laughs> is like, absolutely not. You cannot kidnap my new friends. He is another child at this, at this, I don't think orphanage is the right word. No, it's like a special, I mean, although Taki is an orphan. Yeah. I mean. It, yeah. He had a trust fund. He did, because his parents were dead. Right. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so he's like, hey, not going to stand for this. I need to, to call those, the. X Factor and like X Factor wasn't picking up. Or no, because wasn't... they're dealing with other things. Mm-hmm. So the kid, the X Factor kids are the only ones who help. So it's just all the the X Factor teens mm-hmm. and Taki who go to try they, to rescue them. They break Rusty out of prison. They do. Taki ends up getting kidnapped by Nastier when he finds out that Taki can make machines, which would make spells easier. Mm-hmm. He literally does like coding for spells, mm-hmm. and the entire time Taki is being like incredibly like irritating to nastier like oh i need this oh i can't concentrate unless unless uh the unless you feed these babies and stuff uh-huh. and it's great it's it is fun yeah and eventually they all get rescued they rescue all the babies mm-hmm. they, the babies get rescued in the new mutants issues yes because they they kind of the teams kind of like mix and combine in the new mutants like 73 Mm-hmm. I think. And then that's when they rescue all the babies. Because Taki builds all these little planes that they fly around in. <laughs> it's super cool. Taki's mutant power is just being able to, like, turn stuff into machines. Taki and Warlock together. It was it was fun. Yeah. Uh, Warlock got some really cool moments. He got to, like, turn into a big superhero. So cool! Look so cool! Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> uh, but, like, the cen- the real central conflict of, like, this, the, what we are talking about is Ilyana trying to grapple with like her demonic nature and whether or not that is really who she is mm-hmm. like is this something that i should embrace is this something that's bad does i mean is it good or bad or is it just me right mm-hmm. and poor Ileana, her mutant power is literally using stepping discs to travel through limbo mm-hmm. what a what a weirdly coincidental mutant power <laughs> What I'm interested about is apparently all of the babies that they kidnapped were little mutants. I'm like, how, and they, how are these babies doing now? Though there, there was a series about them eventually. The Inferno babies. No way. Yeah. No way. I don't think it was very long. And I don't, I, I think, I don't know if it was a, like a story where they all showed up, but they all show up again. I would love if they showed up on Krakoa and they just hang out. Oh my gosh. Yep. Uh, how old would they be? Would they, would they be like, is this the kindergarten class of Krakoa? They would have to be, right? The little babies. 
Right? I mean, would we say that like four They're years younger have than passed Franklin since... and who's a young teen. So, right. So yeah. four four years has passed since Inferno, at least. No, probably more. Uh, I think I think someone once said the entire Marvel universe has happened over ten years. Okay. So probably roughly five years have passed. Okay. So five or six. So yeah. The kindergarten classic go. There there just need to be Croco in kindergarten. That is that is exactly what I want. That's a that's a book I want so bad. <laughs> Croco in kindergarten. It's like the power pack of, of just X Men. <laughs> oh, who would teach kindergarten? Who has the most like kindergarten teacher vibe out of all of the mutants? I don't know. Who's the who's the most cinnamon roll mutant? Uh Doug Ramsey is the most cinnamon roll mutant. <laughs> Ramsey teach kindergarten? Love it. That's all I want. <laughs> Along with, like, the Krakoa tree. <laughs> Just all the kids sitting on little stumps of the Krakoa tree as Doug teaches them, and the tree, like, makes, like, the board and stuff, and I love it. does all sorts of activities with them. It has little centers in the tree. <sighs> oh my god. <laughs> Exodus also, like, tells stories to children. I don't know. I don't think he's actually a particularly good teacher. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Chris, I want this. <laughs> I want this so bad. Maybe you can convince Adam to draw this comic for you. About Krakow in kindergarten. I should try. <laughs> you should try to draw Krakow in kindergarten? No, I should try to get somebody who can draw well to draw Krakow in kindergarten. Yeah, fair. Do you, how do you feel about the ending of this? Um, so. The ending of this segment, I really feel like I need, I, I need more. I'm like, Ilyana is six years old. I'm like, Ilyana doesn't stay six years old. Well, that, this Ilyana dies of the legacy virus. The current Ilyana is like, it's complicated. Oh. But yes, the little girl who is Ilyana dies in the nineties. Okay. I don't understand. Yeah, it's kind of strange. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> Comics are complicated. Yeah. Yeah. I find it really powerful and poignant that sh- there's a bit where she wants to kill her younger self for what she became. But she decides instead that she's going to kill herself for the potential of that younger self. I mean, kill herself. She doesn't literally kill herself, but she prevents herself from ever being. Right. You know, Chris Claremont recently said in a Reddit, ask me anything to someone who talked about how their favorite character was Ilyana. Well, that's a shame because Ilyana is actually evil. What? What? He said that. He's like, yeah, she's just evil. She tries really hard not to be, but she's evil. Oh my God. Like, why would you say that to someone, Chris? (laughs) Why would you call him Chris? You're the only Chris in comics. (laughs) It's true. Friends, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start going just by Chris. You'll just have to know. <laughs> the only one with the audacity to be only Chris. Only Chris. Well, that just sounds. Now that I've said that, that just sounds suggestive. Only Chris. <laughs> Goodness. But I just. I. It's. It is such a culmination of her story, and it is so bittersweet. And like Colossus is there simply probably to have a have a you know a, a few emotional beats, right? It, and everybody seemed pretty surprised that he was there. Well, the X Men were supposed to have died in a a battle with a 
like otherworldly figure called the adversary in Texas. And then they suddenly couldn't be picked up on cameras. So they were like, they were like elusive and everybody thought they were dead. Oh, and that's what's happening. Okay. And did Colossus just get on a phone and say, Hey, Oyana, I'm fine. No, he didn't, but he did apparently once travel to limbo and help fight something off for her, but she thought it was like a mirage. <laughs> that's referenced in this. Colossus, you're bad, maybe. You're not good at this. <laughs> What's this? Everything. <laughs> he punches Sim a lot. It's great. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like all the punching. The punching's good. So I don't even think I asked you if you liked this. Did you like this? Mm, I feel like I need to read the rest of Inferno to like be able to say whether or not I like the event as a whole. And I've already said that I enjoyed my read of the... Uh, exterminators more than I enjoyed the read of these three issues of New Mutants. Mm. And I agree with you that maybe if I had read more of the New Mutants leading up to this, it would have a bigger payoff. And I can recognize uh, the poignancy of Ilyana's story being wrapped up here. Mm. But looking at it as kind of like an event, like we do, I mean, it's good storytelling, but I don't know if it was a good, like the best, like, or most enjoyable event that we've read, but it's, it's the event's not done. So no, the other stuff will not have the new mutants. It's it's, it's going to be X Men time. Okay, so it's just going to be not even about Eliana. Great, just fighting demons. You ever heard of the Goblin Queen? I have. Yeah, I have. <laughs> we we saw we saw a little preview of of Maddie and and Babe. That's Cable. That's Baby Cable. Baby Babel. Yep. He's not Cable at this point. That's a retcon. He's Nathan Christopher Charles Summers. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have all the other last names yet. Oh, what does he have eventually? Nathan Christopher Charles Dayspring Ascaniesen Summers? That sounds right. Yeah. But I'm not the authority. Yep. <laughs> all right. Well, are we ready to get into some accolades? Yeah, accolades. Christy, what's your best line? All right. My best line. This has to be one of my most untraditional picks for best line because I picked it because it stuck out almost like a sore thumb to me and I couldn't forget it. And I just kept chuckling at it. And it's not even a line that a character says. It It's just some narration at the, the beginning of, I don't even remember which issue it was of New Mutants, but... Louise Simonson, her choice of words here, calling Ilyana a pretty pastel present. It happens twice on the same page. She had always been beautiful, like a perfect pastel present, just begging to be opened. Yeah, that's a weird way to put that. Uh Uh-huh. There, of her own free will, Ilyana offered herself the pretty pastel present to a demon. (laughs) <laughs> bum, bum, bum. that sounds like something that would be like on a pulp not like a pulp magazine like on the front a pretty pastel present offered to a demon <laughs> so my best line is Ilyana says that it's it's like her last line mm-hmm. she says destiny's prophecy was that i must learn how can i learn i am the dark child shut away from life always on the outside looking in but can i learn have I? Yeah, that's a sweet one. I just I feel as someone who feels guilt for things that I've done. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people are that way. Mm-hmm. I I feel like there's a lot to a, a lot to recognize about Oyana. Mm-hmm. And so I really like I really empathize with her quite a bit. Mm-hmm. You're being all like 
sweet and thoughtful. And I'm like, she's a pretty pastel present. <laughs> Sounded a little bit like you. Well, there, darling, you're a pretty pastel present. <laughs> All right. Well, with with that in mind, is your greatest hero, Yana? Did you give it to him? Yeah, I kind of had to. Okay. She, saw, she saved the day and sacrificed her existence. That was a pretty heroic choice. Uh-huh. I, however, gave my greatest hero to Rain. Oh, she did good. She did do well. Like, she was there for her friend. Like, I would argue that without Rain, Ilyana wouldn't have made the choices that she did. That's fair. I think in a lot of this, I, I think while a lot of the new mutants were kind of placed in the periphery for the, mm-hmm. these issues, it, there was an attempt to show, like, Ilyana is only has only gone through this growth because she's had a, like, a good support system in her mm-hmm. friends. And yeah. I think Rain was, like, emblematic of that. Yeah, Rain is like, no, we have to go save this little Ilyana. And, like, they didn't have to go do that. Ilyana told them not to do that and not to interfere. And Rain's like, no, this is the right thing to do. We could possibly get lost here in limbo because we're just going to go through these stepping discs until we happen to find find her. And she did, and she wasn't going to let her go, and things worked out pretty well. I don't know. So it, to me, that was, she was a friend, the friend that Ilyana needed, even when Ilyana didn't know that she needed it. Yeah. And Rain especially, I know, has had some some mixed feelings about Ilyana and her demonic nature. And well, Rain like, is a fundamentalist, or was raised fundamentalist. So her just having this realization of, oh, all of these, you know, things that I've thought about my friend and like seeing her whole story. And I feel like Rain grew a lot in this. Yeah, I think you're right. All right. What about your coolest moment? I think when Ilyana like explodes into light. That's really cool. Yeah. That's very cool. That was nearly my choice. I know I saved that. I think I have it for a different accolade, actually. But I I just chose uh, one of the pages where uh, everybody's riding on, on Warlock to go and save the babies from the pentagram. And mm-hmm. Warlock's just like the big superhero. And Danny makes him those massive, like, gloves so he can grab the babies. And I just that whole sequence in the sky, the battle in the sky with the demons, I thought was so cool. I like that at one point, um, there's a stoplight that's trying to stop war, stop Warlock, <laughs> and he smashes it and says, like, stoplight lacks street smarts or something. <laughs> it's so good. He is so good. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. What about your Crusher Creel Award for Silly Villainy? I like that Nastier needed time to learn all the spells, so he went back in time to learn all the spells. <laughs> that's, that is pretty fun. That is it's resourceful. I can admire that. That hustle. Yeah. Uh, my silly villainy, um, I gave to a specific part of the sequence of all of the random creatures or humans that are demons and demons that are... Pl- I don't know. There's a lot of... They, it is demonically influenced uh-huh. things, yeah. But specifically when it looks like we've got like a... A priest with wings and a nun dancing their way into a meat grinder that they then try to serve in a bucket to to Ilyana. It's a whole bunch, and it's it sure is silly. It's like if Beauty and the Beast was really gross, <laughs> right? It felt like the grossest, creepiest version of Be Our Guest. Yeah, 
We're going to revisit that, um, actually. <laughs> oh, no. So my KFC award is Ilyana explaining her past. Mm-hmm. I just imagine, like, a song where her friends are kind of, like, off to, like, the, like stage left mm-hmm. or something. And we get these spotlights on little Ilyana and... Oh, and readers that do not know our Key of C award, we give to a moment that we think would be enhanced or uh, best represented by a musical number. True. So yours was Il- with the different versions of Ilyana. Yeah, when she's when she's like, "That was me as a babe." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that would be really sweet. Well, I mean, Sim like beats her up. Well, he, okay, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like sentimental. I think is what I what I yeah. mean. So my key of C I gave to the whole strange creature sequence, and the song would be called "Use the Sword" because that would be a recurring theme as she goes to all these locales and continues to be tempted and tempted and tempted until she finally has to give in. But it would be this zany, almost like Bob Fosse esque mm-hmm. series of numbers with some really trippy lighting and slightly discordant music and just that recurring refrain of use the sword use the sword till she steps away somewhere else there should be an inferno musical it'd be great people would not want to watch it because it would make no (laughs) sense (laughs) all right can i tell you my goodest hit award for the best hit Oh, please do tell me your best hit. Warlock turns into a mallet early on and smashes a demon, just completely flattens him. (laughs) And Warlock's got this look on his face like, I just beat up this demon and it rules. Uh, So I gave my goodest hit to what you actually gave your coolest moment to, which I don't know if this is, I don't know if we've defined the, the goodest hit enough to be like is it an actual impact but like she becomes this like pillar this beam of light i think somebody eventually calls her the the light child Mm -hmm. and like essentially sucks all the the demons back or sends them all back into limbo and i was like that's a real good hit yeah is that now now tell me going forward when we talk about the goodest hit we're talking about the goodest like i usually i usually talk about something with impact okay okay if i have to do that i have a backup I'm okay. ready. I'm ready for that. Sure. Uh, so it's uh, in like one of her first uh, battles with Sim? Sim, I believe, and she like kicks him. Yeah, yeah. She's in like she does like a cannonball to his face with her feet. Oh, like the like like f- uh, to to bring wrestling into this, like Finn Balor's finishing move off the top rope with the two feet. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's real good. So, okay, I will, I will keep my goodest hits to impact moments. Okay. Uh, in the final accolade, Go Down With The Ship, our reward for uh, what we thought would be the best ship. Mine's real weird. Okay. Sim and Nastier. Oh. I think they have they have an enemies to lovers thing. Oh. See, mine is a little bit more amorphous than that. So, I I'm... I'm shipping the exter- or exterminators and the new mutants. Oh, just f- I, just, just as, as pals. As pals, like I like that team up. Well, they eventually kind of kind of right. mix together. Right. So. The the ending uh, of that new mutants, the last new mutants each uh, issue says next. Do the exterminators really have the right stuff to join the new mutants? And I'm like, oh, 
she's in this team up. They were kind of fun together. Well, like, X-Force has, like, Cannonball, Boom Boom, Richter. Like, so, <laughs> it's it's going to be a lot of them that, uh, after this point. Right. This is kind of like a crux point, though. It's interesting. Where Like, they must have just decided at some point, like, hey, we're just going to make X-Factor just be about the five. We need these kids to go someplace. Mm-hmm. Put the teens with the teens. Yeah. Teen- teens with teens. All right. Well, thank you, readers, for sticking with us through our first of three parts of Inferno. Yes. Uh, there's a, there's a joke on Jay and Miles that it's always Inferno, even, even after it's done. Cause the lead up to Inferno is so long. Oh. Uh, but for us, it will be Inferno at least till the end of February. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Uh, all right. And if you want to find us on the internet, you can follow us on Twitter or Facebook at Chris's Pod. You can email us at Chris's on Infinite Earths at gmail.com. You can also start to see uh, our podcast available on comicsxf.com. That's right. You can. You, there's also uh, daily articles and reviews there written by some of the finest comics critics on Al Gore's internet. Thank you, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to support us monetarily, you can do so through Ko-fi, the link to which is in the show notes for those one-time donations. Or if you maybe want to uh, to get some cool perks, you can support us on Patreon link also in the mm-hmm. show notes. It, this was a Patreon-requested event, right? Our yeah, this was event? requested by Zach Jenkins. Thank you, Zach. Yes. We didn't shout you out at the beginning, no. but we've got two more episodes to remember to do that. <laughs> right. So, uh, if you want us to cover a crossover, and that is the best way to do it. Throw money at us. Throw money at us and say, do it. Uh, but if you want to help out the show, d- just recommend us to a friend. Tweet about us. Or you can head on over to iTunes and leave us one of those five-star reviews. We love to shout those five-star reviews out on the show. Read them out. Uh, so, you can go on over there and do that as well. Yes. We we appreciate that. That is to to me, that is harder than money. <laughs> so, remembering my iTunes login. Time or money? Which do you want to spend? Yeah. Chris would prefer he spend money. <laughs> At least for this, I guess. <laughs> all right. And until next time, readers. Slay your enemies and all you desire shall be yours. <laughs>